Welcome to The Little Sleep Show, a podcast about helping your children and family get the sleep you need. Hosted by Laura Meyercourt. Hello and welcome back to The Little Sleep Show. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm an infant and child sleep consultant, and I'm also a certified lactation counselor. So for my last show of the season today... I wanted to talk about something I get asked about quite a bit, and that is night weaning. Night weaning can mean either reducing the amount of night feeds, or it can also mean completely cutting out night feeds all around. And night weaning does not mean that you have to wean if you're breastfeeding. It's simply just cutting out calories during the night and replacing them with calories during the day. So you're not actually cutting out feedings. You're going to fit in more of those calories during the day. And particularly at the ages we're going to discuss, your baby will have already been introduced to solids. And so they will be getting more calories between solids and perhaps adding an extra feeding in during the day. Weaning is a very personal decision. This is not something that you should feel pressured to do at any point. I know there's lots of opinions out there about breastfeeding or feeding during the night and sleep. And this is really a decision that you and your partner or co-parent need to just make together. And something that I want to make really clear is that even though I'm going to talk about appropriate ages that you can start to wean at night, it doesn't mean that that is the time that you should start to wean at night. There is no right time to wean your baby at night. The right time is the time that you decide is appropriate. And here are some of the signs to look for when you're thinking about night weaning or you're preparing to night wean. And this is taken from the book Sleep, Play, Love, which I really like a lot. There's a lot of great, really more holistic based advice around sleep and feeding and um, different transitions that your child is going to be going through. If your child is six months or older and solids are established and six months is I want to say six months is a bare minimum, and most babies are not ready to night wean, although most babies are ready to drop one or two feeds, depending on how many times they're eating at night. So we'll cover that in a minute because I'm going to talk about how you actually do this. If your child is not premature and is gaining weight at a healthy rate, so not underweight at all, your child is feeding more overnight during the day. Your child should always be getting more calories during the day than at night. There is an exception to this, and that is something called reverse cycling. And that's where babies, and this is typically happening with working moms, where a baby will wait all day with their caregiver and not eat very much, just eat the bare minimum. And then at night, they're feeding a lot more with mom because they want to spend more time with mom. So that's the one time when your child may be getting a lot more calories during the night than during the day. And it's something that we definitely want to correct, but it's a it's a trickier problem to correct because babies can be very stubborn when it comes to wanting to spend time with mom, whether it's bottle feeding or nursing. Night feeds are more for comfort than nutrition is a big one. A lot of times moms will come to me and they'll say, well, I know that my baby's just feeding for comfort and not really getting very much out of it. They're sucking very lightly. They're not swallowing a lot. And so... I always tell moms that this is not necessarily a bad thing. Your baby's sucking for comfort because it's the most comforting thing in the world for them. And sucking 
I did a, I just did a podcast on pacifiers where I talked about the benefits of sucking for babies and how they need to suck more than when they're just eating. It's a very strong drive in babies. As, as they get older, it's less and less. It becomes more of a habit. But when they're younger, they, they need to suck quite a bit. If this is what's going on for you, you got to just kind of ask yourself, am I okay with this? Like if your baby is waking up and sucks for 30 seconds or a minute and then falling back to sleep and you're able to go back to sleep easily. Is that something that you want to tackle right now? Or is it something you can let go for a little while longer? This is a totally personal decision. So a good indicator of comfort nursing versus nutritive nursing or feeding is if they're nursing or drinking less than five minutes, or if it's a bottle less than two ounces, then you know it's pretty much for comfort sucking. There's no pattern to the overnight feed, so they wake up at random times on random nights. That can be a good indicator that they're just, some nights they need the sucking or the nursing to fall back to sleep because perhaps that's what they're used to. We're going to talk about that in a minute as well. This is a big one. If night feedings are draining to mom or have become very disruptive to sleep, that's a common one that moms will come to me with and just say, you know, my baby's waking up five times a night. They're seven or eight months old. How do I tackle this? How do I get this under control? And so there's ways that you can do it. It's just we have to do it in a very gradual way so that the almost so that the baby doesn't notice that we're reducing these feedings. And then if your child has previously slept through the night without feeds and they're not sick or they're not teething, then you know that they're probably just waking up and wanting to nurse or feed for comfort or just to spend time with you or out of habit. Very important to remember, as I say in all my episodes, remember to speak to your child's doctor before doing any kind of weaning, even if it's dropping one feed. It's good to talk to your doctor because they can tell you either how many feeds your baby needs to be getting total or how many feeds they should be getting during the day and also the total amount of ounces that your baby should be getting. Very important to know these numbers so that you're sure when you are weaning that your baby is not waking for hunger, that they are just waking out of habit or out of comfort wanting to spend time with you. So even though I said we could start to look at this at six months, When you want to wean completely, you want to wait until nine months plus. This is to accommodate any regressions. And also there's growth spurts that usually happen around six months, around nine months. And baby will want to eat more. And sometimes during the night, they'll wake up and want to eat more during these growth spurts. So after nine, 10 months, you can be pretty assured that feedings are for comfort most of the time than nutrition. And again, the exception to that is if your baby is sick or if they're teething, they, the sucking um, definitely can help comfort them at night if they're teething as well. So as I said, gradual weaning is better for your child emotionally. And especially if you're breastfeeding, it's better for you because it will gradually reduce your milk supply. And I'll give you a couple of pointers on this in a minute on how to handle this if you are breastfeeding so that you don't drastically drop your milk supply. The very first step before we tackle any kind of actual night weaning is that we want to break any feed to sleep association at bedtime. Feed to sleep association is really common because 
in those early months, your baby is probably feeding to, to sleep and that's totally normal and natural. And it just kind of carries on and continues because again, the sucking, the, the closeness to their parent or their caregiver is really comforting. And so this behavior just naturally continues, usually until parents decide that they want to do something about it. Because if your baby is nursing or feeding to fall asleep, there's a pretty good chance that when they wake up during the night, if they haven't learned any type of self-soothing yet besides the feeding to sleep, that they're going to need that again to fall asleep, which is why your baby may seem as if they need three or four feeds during the night at age eight or nine months when they really only need maybe one or none. It's just out of habit and also because their, you know, their digestive systems get used to it. Many babies will continue to wake for feeding or two or three way past the time when they actually need it just because their bodies have been accustomed to the calories. That's why we want to try to break this feed to sleep association. This is the first step because that way when you're working on this, you know that your baby will be able to learn other ways to soothe to sleep because when your baby's waking up in the middle of the night and wants to feed and you're, you're not giving that to them, they're going to become upset. And if they're already used to other ways of soothing with you, rocking, holding, um, bouncing up and down or putting them in their crib and patting them or rubbing them, it won't be like a cold turkey thing when you just aren't feeding them. They'll be actually used to other ways of getting soothed to sleep. Move the feeding earlier in the bedtime routine. It's the simplest way to do this. It's really simple. You're not taking calories away from your child that they need, but you are removing the actual feed to sleep association. So an example of this would be moving the feeding right before they go in their crib to right after bath time or right after they put their pajamas on before you play a little bit or before you read books. So you want to get a little break in there between feeding and sleeping. It doesn't have to be a huge one, just enough so that your baby learns that that's not the only way that I'm able to fall asleep. So I gave you some examples of other ways that you can choose to soothe your baby to sleep. And some parents use this as an opportunity to do a gradual step down with soothing. So for instance, you're holding your baby and rocking them in a chair then you're just holding your baby standing up. Then you're putting your baby in the crib and you're patting them on their bum or on their back. Then you're just holding a firm hand on their back and helping them go to sleep. That's a really brief example of a gentle step-down routine that you can start to use so that you're still there supporting your baby to sleep because they need you, but you're reducing your intervention less and less and less so that they are learning that they do have some skills to be able to soothe themselves to sleep. Again, some parents choose to do this at that time and other parents choose to just get their baby to sleep any way they can and they extend that for quite a while. And again, that's a totally personal decision. As I always say, if it's working for you and for your family and you don't want to change something, don't change it. Don't let outside pressure force you to change something that you're doing for your child that works. It's just not necessary. There's no right or wrong when it comes to parenting. So another one that we begin before we even begin tackling anything with the feeding or the amount of milk, 
Begin to notice how quickly you respond to your baby during the night. Most babies make a lot of noise during sleep. They can even cry out. Um, and especially, you know, if they're dreaming or when they're in that v- those very light stages of sleep in between sleep cycles, they tend to fuss and they can be kind of half awake, half asleep. Many babies can soothe themselves if you leave them for five or 10 minutes, if they're not very upset, if you give them the chance. So we've got to give our children at some point the space to be able to develop um, self-soothing skills. And that's individual. So if you're fine with running to your baby every time and you're okay with doing that every time they wake, then that's the choice you've made for your family. But if you want to allow your child to develop some self-soothing, it's really good to let them fuss a little bit if they're not really upset. Because if your baby needs you, they're going to let you know. And you know your baby's cries. When it's an urgent cry, if it's a pain cry or an upset cry, there's no reason that you should wait to go to your baby. But if your baby's just kind of fussing and crying a little on and off and not really very upset, it's perfectly okay if you're okay with it to leave them for a few minutes, even if it's two minutes instead of running right there. Because sometimes, especially when we're transitioning, you know, parents are hypervigilant at night sometimes. If you run to your baby every single time, and especially if you're breastfeeding, there's a really good chance that they're going to just want to comfort nurse to go back to sleep. So the idea here is to let your baby have some space to develop some skills of self-soothing so that they don't need to nurse or feed every time they need to fall back to sleep. If you're running to them every single time you hear a peep, try waiting one minute and then try waiting two minutes and then try waiting five minutes and you'll see that your baby does have some ability to fall back to sleep. Now remember, the longer that you do this for your child, so the longer that you don't allow them the space at night to make noise or to be to cry a little bit, then it's going to be harder to break that when they get older. When you finally decide, okay, I've had enough, I'm waking up like five times, my child is 16 months old, it's going to be harder to do that than if you would start that when your baby is smaller. But I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. I'm just saying this is a common issue that parents come to me with when they come to me for sleep consulting is that they've been running to their child every single time their child makes a sound. And now they've realized that they've extended it way too long and their child is so used to it. And now they're a very aware toddler and it's really hard to put the brakes on that. But again, there are ways to do it. I've helped many parents transition away from this and we've done it successfully. So that's not to say that that is the right thing to do. It's just if you want to help your baby learn these skills, then it might be something that you want to try and experiment with and see if you can see if you can do it and see how your baby is capable of calming themselves sometimes. And then other times they just need you. So then after you've practiced those skills with your baby, I would say give that at least a week so that your baby gets used to breaking the feed to sleep association and they get used to you not running in you know, every time they make a peep. And sometimes we even wake up our babies inadvertently because they could be dreaming or they could be just moving around in between sleep cycles and we wake them thinking they need us. So that's why it's really important to observe your baby and see if they actually become very upset or if they're able to 
calm themselves and put themselves back to sleep. Observing your baby's feedings. You want to observe what time these feedings are and how long do they typically last. So if you're nursing, it's more of a timing issue. So that's the way you tell how much your baby is feeding. So when your baby's actually sucking and you can tell that they're actually getting milk, you want to time that. So use your timer on your phone. And then of course, with babies who are bottle fed, it's much easier because you'll be able to just measure the ounces that they drink. So again, it's less than five minutes or less than two ounces. That's kind of the very general markers that we use to determine whether it's nutrition or comfort. So again, we're doing this really gradually and it's best for baby because your, di- your baby's digestive system is cued for hunger at these times. Not that they need it, but they're just cued for it. It's like you think about if you eat lunch at 11 o'clock every day and one day you're waiting till one o'clock while your body's digestive system is already starting to work at 11 o'clock. So that's why your stomach starts growling at the regular time. So that's why we want to do the very gradual step down. Your baby will likely not miss the small increments that you're stepping down. They probably won't even notice. So this is how you actually do it. You begin by reducing the feeds by 30 seconds to one minute. This is a personal choice. So you can decide every other night. So you've got to use your timer on your phone if you're nursing, because this helps you time the amount that you're nursing. And for formula fed babies, you reduce the milk by a half an ounce or one ounce every other night. And I don't recommend giving less than two ounces or like a one ounce bottle because it just teases your baby and it's going to probably just make them mad. So once you get to that point, less than two ounces, then you use your, your other soothing method, which is rocking, holding, patting to sleep. You definitely want to offer them extra cuddles, snuggles, soothing because they're going to need it. Your baby will probably become upset the first few nights that you try to soothe them without any feeding at all, whether it's just removing one feeding or whether it's just completely you're done with nursing or feeding during the night. So as I said, we need to make sure your baby's getting enough calories during the day to compensate for those that they're now giving up during the night. And there's a few ways you can do this. So you can add another feeding in. Sometimes if your child doesn't feed right upon waking, sometimes when you are night weaning, they will want to eat right upon waking. And this is a good time to get some extra calories in. You can also add an extra ounce or two to a bottle if you're bottle feeding your baby. You can, if you time feeds during the day, you can just space them a little closer together. So if you feed every four hours, maybe feed every three to three and a half hours to make sure that your baby's getting enough calories. And if your baby's on solids, this is not the time to try and introduce a whole bunch of new foods because that can upset your baby's stomach and cause them to actually eat less. So you want to just give them kind of their favorite foods that, that you know they tolerate really well. Be sure they're getting enough calorie dense foods during the day when your child is on solids. Another question that parents have is, if my baby's waking up several times a night and my pediatrician gives the okay to reduce down to one time a night, how do I decide what feeding to keep and which feedings to reduce? So that's pretty easy. You want to reduce the earlier feedings. And let's say your child is waking three times a night to feed and you want to reduce it down to one. So you would work on reducing the first two feedings at the same time. So with whatever 
method, if you're breastfeeding, you time it. If they're bottle feeding, you just reduce the amount of ounces. An alternative is if your baby does take a bottle but is nursing, you can also choose to use a bottle for this and measure the amount of milk. And that way you can have a partner or a family member help you in the middle of the night with this process. And sometimes it's easier if the non-nursing parent is doing this because again, nursing is such a connected time between mom and baby that your baby is giving up so much more than actually milk or sucking. They're giving up the whole nurturing, comforting process of breastfeeding and the closeness to you. So some families find if they're able to, that it really helps to have an additional person helping with this process. And then you might find that if your baby usually wakes for that last feeding at 4 a.m., they might move that to 2 or 3 a.m. And that's totally normal. Another scenario is that your child wakes very frequently during the night to feed. So for instance, they're waking every 60 to 90 minutes. That's usually indicative of a child who has a very strong feed to sleep association. So they need parental presence with either the bottle or the breast to be able to put themselves back to sleep. So the way that you can tackle this is you can try feeding your baby every other time they wake. So that way you're reducing the amount of feedings, but you're not actually reducing the amount of calories. This is more typical with um, younger babies. Now, if your baby's older and they're waking every single sleep cycle, every 60 to 90 minutes, then you probably want to couple feeding them every other time with a gradual reduction of the amount that they're getting. So for co-sleeping, you can also use the gradual method for reducing the amount of feedings. It's a little trickier because you are in proximity to your baby. You can also reduce the access to your breasts if you're breastfeeding by changing what you wear during the night. So wearing something that your baby does not have easy access to you, that can help. Just the access alone, some babies, especially if they're used to sleeping close to you and they're used to just kind of nudging up to you and you, you know, you take your breast out and feed them, it can help a lot to be able to restrict some of that access. It can also help to begin breaking that feed to sleep association at bedtime as well for children who co-sleep, just so that they get used to learning other ways of you soothing them to sleep. It can be a little trickier with co-sleeping, but it can be done. So that doesn't mean that when you wean, you have to give up co-sleeping. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can definitely continue to co-sleep and wean. It just might be more of a gradual process and your child, just because of proximity to you, may become more upset for a little bit longer amount of time than a child who sleeps separate from their parents. If your child is older, so if they're toddler age and up, sometimes parents will set a rule about feeding. So we only feed at bedtime and then we then we don't feed again until the sun comes up is a really easy way for kids to learn when it's okay to need milk and when they need to just be soothed in other ways to sleep. So that's something that you want to have that conversation with your child and then repeat that rule. Make it something very simple like that that you can repeat to your child. So if you want to maintain your milk supply in your nursing and you're worried that dropping feedings will reduce your milk supply, something that moms do who are nursing is they'll pump once right before they go to bed. So, you know, if you're putting your baby down at seven or eight, you want to pump, you know, around nine or 10 o'clock. And then if you have a lower supply in general, you can pump once at bedtime and then 
wake up once during the night to pump if you want to keep your milk supply up and you don't want it to reduce greatly throughout this weaning process. So something to really think about before weaning is what is the reason you're considering weaning at this time? If you want to make a little list for yourself, you can do even do a pros and cons list because there are many benefits to continuing to nurse your child to sleep. And hormones that make, there are hormones in milk that actually can make babies sleepy. That's one of the benefits to continuing to nurse your child. However, the most important part of this is, is it still working for you? And is it still working for your child? If you are totally exhausted and you know that your child doesn't need the amount of feeds that you're giving them during the night, then absolutely discuss this with your child's doctor and arm yourself with the information you need on how many feedings or how many calories your child needs during the day, and then take these simple steps. I just really stress to parents that I don't want you to feel outside pressure to do this because it's such a personal thing and it's a time that you know, it's a time that comes and goes when you're a parent, this time of nursing or feeding your child to sleep. One day your child won't need you to fall asleep anymore. So if you're enjoying this process and it's something that makes you feel closer to your baby and it's not very disruptive of your sleep, then definitely continue to do what works for you. So this is my last show of the season and I'm going to take a little break during the summer. My family and I are doing a little bit of traveling. We're dropping my stepkids at their grandparents in Wisconsin. And then my husband and I are going to go up to um, North Minnesota. So up by the border of Canada to do some hiking. We really love hiking and something that we both have kind of bonded over since we first started dating. So when we get the chance to go do it, we definitely can get some tougher hikes in when our kids aren't with us complaining every 10 minutes. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. But I'm also looking forward to getting some shows recorded during that time and definitely bringing you guys some more interviews because I I like talking about all this stuff. You know, I could talk about sleep and all these kinds of things, you know, infinitely. But it's much more fun when I'm interacting with another expert. They can give you a different perspective than just what I have because, you know, I know sleep and I do know some things about feeding and breastfeeding, but there's a lot of topics I want to bring you guys that I am not an expert in. So hopefully I can get some cool interviews recorded for you guys during my little summer break and I'll be back in the fall. I plan to come back in September. Watch my Instagram, watch my Facebook for announcements on when that's going to happen. I'm just so grateful for all of you who are listening and sharing the podcast with other parents and sharing this on your social media. And in the meantime, if you have any requests for next season, contact me on my Instagram or on my Facebook, or you can even email me at nestfamilysleep at gmail.com. Just drop me a little note and let me know what you want to hear about next season. I hope you all have a great rest of your summer. Take care of yourself and each other. Until next time. Bye. next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for tips on sleep and a whole lot more. See you next week.